Hello and welcome to the Arizona Liberty Podcast. I'm your host, Neil, in Arizona. Today is Monday, January 29th, 2024, 8 p.m. I have a special guest today. This is a pre-recorded podcast that was actually recorded on the 24th. Uh, It's just been a very busy week, so I finally got all the audio out of Zoom and into... Um, the podcast format and uh, she's a return guest so uh, when I read her bio you should probably know who she is in her early 20s and a dedicated resident of Arizona Nicole Sparrow has embarked on a journey filled with activism and fervent love for her country she is currently a student at Colorado Christian University and is actively involved in various initiatives including leading an activism group with Turning Point USA, being a part of Prager Force, and serving as a pro-life ambassador with Let Them Live. Additionally, she contributed her efforts to a local campaign for State Senator Anthony Kern in Arizona, gaining invaluable experience in the political arena. Inspired by her, her passion for protecting freedoms, the Second Amendment, the military, and advocating for the unborn, Nicole eagerly accepted the opportunity to lead the Turning Point USA Peoria Activism Hub. Surrounded by like-minded individuals who share her values, she is grateful for the wisdom and support received from this influential organization as she works tirelessly to make a positive impact in her generation. So welcome back, Nicole. It's great to have Hi. you back on. Be here. Always yeah. a pleasure Join oh. the podcast. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful having you on. Um, and we the last time I saw you, we were at the at your event, the Israel event out in Peoria with uh, Zach Sheka. Mm-hmm. So, did, do you have any thoughts on that? Any anything to reflect on, real quick, before we get started on on this awesome story of Esther? Hmm. Very excited to talk about Esther with you today. I it was funny. I would have never imagined that Zach and I would be hosting a Israel event this past year. Yeah. Uh, And it was amazing with all the community that came out and supported us and that we were able to have um, Anthony Kern, our current state senator there, Ari Bradshaw, Tex, and a few others there with us and who spoke. It was, it really meant a lot to both Zach and I and I am just grateful that we were all able to show our support for Israel and especially everything that's going that's that has been going on in these past couple of months. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a funny coincidence because we had talked about I th- I think before the Israel event we had actually talked about doing a story of Esther, right? That, mm-hmm. I've got the timeline right. <laughs> so it, yeah. it's kind of funny because we have this story that we're going to talk about, and I think that'll kind of tie a little bit into um, well, it will tie into Israel, obviously. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm really anxious to hear um what you have to say about Esther. Um I Esther is like one of the most admired um people in the Bible. They've made numerous movies since I think the 40s. Uh plays, uh books. Uh mm-hmm. so she's so I'm really anxious to hear about this wonderful character named Esther from the Old Testament from the book of Esther. It is one of my favorite stories that um, 
I have mentioned in the past to you, I, it really has stood out to me with everything that's gone on since October 7th. And I feel like the Lord is speaking to this generation to rise up at this time. And I believe that we are here for a time as this, as Esther was in the palace with the king and Mordecai and everything that was going on in the, going on with the Jews at that time. Right. So I really feel like, um, it really, that story plays a huge part in our generation at this time. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I think, I think it does. And I think as this story unfolds tonight, uh, I think a lot of people will be able to put that together. I think, uh, I think a lot of people will be able to, um, to, to understand like Israel's right to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And, our generation, especially in the universities, students are being taught to go against Israel and mm-hmm. stand the rallies for Palestine. And a lot of them don't really understand what's ha- what happened to the Israel um, community in um, these past couple of months with women being raped, families being murdered. Right. Uh, babies um, being killed and etc. So I, I feel like people hearing this story of Esther will really get a better understanding of all of what the Jewish community has been through these right. past couple of years and throughout history. Yeah, because uh, like the story of Esther in the end, um, and like I said, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find out more about it as we talk about this story. Um, but Israel has always, uh, throughout its entire history, has always needed to defend itself in some way, shape, or form. It's always had a bit of a of a. I don't like to use the word struggle, but it's it's always it, the the whole history of Israel has always been about um, its relationship to the one true God and the laws, uh, the law of God that they followed, the you know the Torah and. Um, and there's always just been a, a struggle. There's been numerous struggles in their society, obviously, uh, and, and it has to do with their following God, whether they're following God or not following God. And uh, many times they've been dispersed and then they return. And so this is another one of those awesome stories. And and this uh, and Esther is basically is the hero in this story and used directly mm-hmm. by by God Himself. And Israel always prevails. Yes. And that's, it is that's, for its holy land. Yes. So, so where do we where do we start on this? Where's a good starting point for the story of Esther? I would say when um, after King after the king called for Queen Vashti, but she didn't come to the feast that they were having. Okay. And all the governors and uh, princes of that time that were at that feast. Mm-hmm. witnessed that and then he called on to his court to go out and search for in the bible how it mentions they the court made a decree to find beautiful virgins for the king right and they um they they captured those women and they groomed them for months and they all um they all spent a night with the king and so right. i would I would, I think that's a good starting point of the story. Okay. And then, yeah, so that's Queen Vashti, right? Is that yes. right? And 
so yeah so the it starts off with king xerxes right mm-hmm. and and who and and they they re you know it's funny they refer to him as xerxes and then they later refer to him as um it's like it starts with an a i'm sure i can't yes I, it's a very tricky name <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's, they, they kind of go back and forth with it i think i'll stay with uh xerxes correct Zer- <laughs> is that how you pronounce it xerxes but i, I think it, i'm not I'm not sure if I have the correct pronunciation on that, but I think I'll, I'll stick with the king for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have to watch the movie 300 because they say his name like a hundred times in it. Yeah. I actually looked it up on Google today to make sure I had the correct pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. It, I guess the name, it would be maybe the Persian name was Ahasuerus. Yes. Ahasuerus. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so you have you have King Xerxes, and his kingdom went from basically, uh, well, they were always at war with. Uh, we were talking about this before we started. They were always at war with um, with Greece, and the kingdom went as far as India. Right? Is that mm-hmm. the the borders went all the way to India? It says I think that actually says it in the Bible. Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Oh yeah, and that's true. Over 127 provinces. Yes. So that's huge. That's that's massive. 127 provinces. That's mm-hmm. That's that that's that's basically like Asia Minor, right? Like the whole the whole uh the whole Asia Minor um territory. Mhm, it is. Okay, so um and that was during uh 486 somewhere between 46 bc to 465 b that's that's a rough estimate i think that's not that i found yeah. that on a research site and so king xerxes king xerxes uh throws throws a feast basically that's how it starts off the king throws a feast and you have uh you have a queen who refuses mhm did you did you think anything did you did you speculate when you were reading that about the queen that refused the feast or am i I, am i digging too deep oh no not at all i question why she refused the feast i'm not i'm not positive on why they don't really give a huge um storyline regarding that why she refused the feast but i knew that of course, that really stood up, stood out in that chapter in the Bible, right? And the, and you said that they were preparing like virgins to come sleep, basically like like spend the night over there at the king's palace. Is that kind of what that was? Yes, because after um, what I mentioned before, after mm-hmm. all the young all the young men. Um, that were gathered at the feast and the governors and pre uh, prince, princes after they witnessed that the Queen Vashti wouldn't come to the king after he w- requested her. That's when the king's court made the decree to go out and find young women that were around the kingdom at that time. And they then brought them to the palace and prepared okay. them. And the king chose the new queen through that process. Oh, I see. Okay. And then we had, of course, like we're, we've already said, Queen Vashti, she refused. 
Mm-hmm. So then, so then, what what goes on after that? You have this, like, I guess, like a rebel queen, right? She she's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not partaking in this feast. They don't talk too much, yeah, about what happens to Queen Vashti after that occurs. I believe they just take her royal position away from her, and then that's when they were going to look for a new queen for the king. Okay. And so what, so what happens from there? They, they do kind of like, um, some kind of like mission. We must find a new queen. Like, like how did that, how did that work? Well, they sent out that decree in all of Susa. Okay. And Esther and I, I can't recall how many women in total they captured. And they had like, they had a period for them, um, with grooming them and um, they were able to pick out jewelry and etc. And pretty much in what they were doing at that time was getting them um, and sh- they instructed them and they, they equipped them for the mm-hmm. potential queen. And um, oh. they eat at night with the king and with Esther, she actually read to the king out of the Bible Oh, I see. That's what went on with her night with the king. Okay, so it's almost like a like a beauty pageant, maybe. It was in a way. It's kind of weird when you read it in the word. Yeah. But it's so beautiful at the same time. Yeah, it's it's I think it's hard to comprehend us in our plain clothes, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm wearing a t shirt and (laughs) you know. Uh, shoes, you know, and they, they, that just was not their world back then. They had a completely mm-hmm. different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, very una- We are very unable, I think, in my opinion, to, that, to connect to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but that, was, that was the way uh, societies were then, at that time, and, and that's mm-hmm. what was written, and so we just have to understand that that's what that was. So, so they went through this process to... Um, to choose this new queen. Um, I, I don't know. I, I have fun calling her like the rebellious queen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, um, I th- like, I think it had, there was some like text in there. that said like she refused to drink or so- something like that. So I was wondering mm-hmm. if this was like a, 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 like a moral dilemma, but probably not. So she did. So then they're trying to get this new queen. Esther steps forward and she reads the actual Bible. Is that, that's what you said. She reads the actual Bible she too. Passages from the Bible. Okay. Um, does it does it say like um, what passages or or do they just? Am I, I I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm not trying to. It's a it's an. But I I can't recall the passages that she read from the Bible. Okay. You have that. Um, I don't think they mention it in the chapter in the Bible of yeah. Esther when I was going over it just to get a refresh of the story, but they do mention it in the movie, the one night with the King. Oh, interesting. So I'll look back on that, but she did read a couple passages from the Bible to the King, but she was disguising it in a way. So he wouldn't realize that. Okay. So that's a good, okay. So yeah, I think this is a good question to ask. So Xer- Xerxes was a King. Um, if I've got it right, he actually was considered to be a god king. Is that true? Like that he was almost like a su- considered to be a superhuman king. I believe so. Um, yes, they portrayed him 
and then yeah, they, right they portray like he's portrayed as a like a god king um mm-hmm. it's really it's really hard for me to um to picture xerxes without being the one from the movie 300 because that's the <laughs> last time I, I haven't seen that movie 300 in a uh, very long t- you know since it was like first released to dvd or something like that but uh they but the xerxes um i believe that yeah he was considered to be like a god king so obviously you know you did not want to um mess up in front of this king you did not want to make him mad you probably mm. could the the end result would probably be not very good um but and he probably I, i'm guessing he might have been very paganistic uh, in his belief system maybe i don't know like they probably like they probably believed in many gods i'm sure they did and and, and mm-hmm. in fact they probably believed their king was some form of god obviously um mm-hmm. and then so when she had to uh read uh, basically portions of the bible to uh to xerxes it it had to kind of there there had to obviously been like a little bit of a veil pour, pulled over over him so that he didn't recognize the fact that she was reading him uh the the bible from the one god mm-hmm. um, so, and she really disguised it well like i was mentioning in the movie the one night with the king yeah it was beautiful she was in that in those scenes she was so joyful and he was so intrigued yeah. by her words and she um they really portrayed it well but what's the name of that movie again one night with the king. One one night with the king. Okay, is yeah. that an is that like a newer movie? Is it an older movie? Is it? It's an older movie, but it was like, really well made. Like, was it was it like nineties or or even before that? I think it was early two thousands. Oh, early two thousand. Okay, okay. Because mm-hmm. you know they have those ones from the fifties that are like they did you know like theater and everything, and the actors and actresses are just like. But okay, so this is like a two okay. 2000- thousand. I'd like to check that out. That would be a really good movie to see. Now that I actually read the book of Esther again, I can actually safely watch the movie. And yeah, I think you and Cindy will enjoy it. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so then, so the, 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 at that point, are we still in chapter two? It, oh no, 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 no. We're we're actually no, we're like in, venturing into chapter chapter four, maybe right? Chapter or, three. Tra- okay. Yeah. And. So Mordecai, uh, oh, now, more. How does Mordecai? Where does Mordecai come in? Well, Esther, when she was younger, her also Hadass, Hadassah, that's her, that's the name that she was born with. But then they called her Esther. Her parents actually died when she was younger. They she was they were both murdered, and Mordecai was her uncle, so he brought up. Esther, since um, since she was a younger child, and he he shaped her values and morals along the way. So that's okay. how he story. And then Mordecai, he kind of influenced. Oh wait, I think I might be getting ahead of the story here. Um. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. So um. So we're so where we're at in the story. I, I'm. I apologize if I'm th- if I'm throwing too many questions. Oh no, not at all. Um. So, so we have this uh, this deal where she it's her turn to speak to the king. She reads the Torah to the king. Um, the king doesn't realize it. He's enjoying it. Um, and Mordecai, uh, yeah. So, how is he introduced into into the into the fold? Or is he even rebel, relevant yet? 
How is Mordecai relevant? Yeah, no, no, like um I'm sorry. Like when does when does he come into the fold? Does he does he go to her before she it's her turn to speak? Or Well, every day he would walk in front of the court, the king's court at the palace to learn how Esther was and what was happening with her at the palace and he kind of he guided her i would say along the way that's how he that's that's the part that he played in the beginning when she was first at the palace okay so i see so he was basically allowed to be around her well from a from a great distance oh i i believe they had a gate around I think some sort of gate or um, something uh, something so he, that was blocking him from going too close to the palace so he would be able to observe Esther and the other woman. So that's kind of how he um, was in contact with Esther and he would he would occasionally talk to her. Okay. So so Esther um, so they they grew up in per, like uh, they grew they grew up in the capital of Persia, right? They grew up in um, the Susa. city Susa, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they grew up there, um, and uh, Mordecai get Mordecai does raise her, right? Mm-hmm. He does. But then, but then once once Esther is selected on this mission, he has no more contact, right? He has to do it kind of incognito or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Them to know that he is a Jew. Okay, now okay, that's a good question. So back then. Uh, when they rule, when Xerxes was ruling um, uh, Persia, and they were under—I guess you could say—they were under an occupation. Um, did uh, what was it? Was it difficult to be a Jew during that time? It was, because there was a there was a lot of attacks on the Jewish community at that time. Okay, and throughout the. Um, years um before that so that played a lot into that i see so they so he came in um okay so yeah so he's rule so basically the jews at this point in, around 46 that they were they were basically um dispersed across uh asia minor or whatever you want to call that region right yes and, and uh persia was ruling it and mm-hmm. during that time the jews were like it was just rough being a Jew during that time. You, you could, mm-hmm. um, but yet uh, he finds favor with uh, with uh, Esther. Yes, and Mordecai in the beginning of the chapter he tells Esther to disguise herself. He didn't want the king to fi- to find out that she was a Jew, and the other um, princes in the kingdom at the time and governors. So that's that was his biggest thing is was for Esther to disguise herself in the beginning. Oh, okay, okay. So then, uh, so so Esther, um, so Esther does this presentation. It's it's uh, it's very, it's 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 very masked, um, and under more uh, under Mordecai's like indirect direction, she basically reads this Torah to him. And he is impressed by that. So then, what happens after um, after King Xerxes is is uh, is impressed by her? What does he do? It said in the word that she won his grace and favor in his eyes. Okay. 
And then he later set the royal crown on her head and made her the queen. Wow. So now mm-hmm. she's so now she's queen of Persia. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. So she was just kind of like this light into the palace. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's how God works, though. Mm-hmm. He puts us in rooms for a reason, and he put her in the palace for a reason. And so now she is queen. Yes. Okay, I am assuming being queen isn't all that it's cut out to sound like. Uh, it's probably precarious, you know? Mm-hmm. I, would, I would think it, it still is not an easy... Uh, I, I'm sure that she could probably... Uh, be handed um, a death warrant anytime. Um, so what does she have to do now that she's queen? Well, it, I don't think that the queens in that time period had mm-hmm. much power. Power okay. kingdom and everything that was going on. But she did... Um, did you read about Haman in the chapter? Um, yes, but please. Um, yeah, is, is this about the time? So after she... So after she um, becomes a queen, Haman yeah. comes into play. Mm-hmm. And 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 okay, let's. Uh, so who exactly is Haman? He, um, the king gave him a position to. I I forget what position is, but he gave the king gave him his signet ring. Okay. Gave him. Um, I would. Like I mentioned, I can't recall the exact position he had, but he had a strong. He had, um, he had a strong power. Yeah, he was like a, almost like an administrator of some sort. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he he had um he had the king's ear. Yes. Okay. He had a and- lot of control that went on. He had a lot of control over that over what went on in the palace at that time. Okay, and then um, I'm trying to looking at my notes. Uh, so, so hey, um, Haman. Um, so, so is this like in uh, like chapter four? Maybe um, is that when Haman shows up? Yes, I believe it's he oh. starts up in chapter four. Okay, yes, Mordecai told him of all that happened unto him and the sum of money that he. Okay. Oh, there's something here about okay, I remember now. There was some some stuff about Haman and money. There, there, was, there was an issue with Haman and money and and um and treasures. Is am I getting ahead of the story? No, it, you're you're leading into uh the next point that I was going to make. Um Haman his he also it rooted from his father. Yes. That thought to destroy all the Jews throughout the whole kingdom. And so he tried to use that. He tried to whisper into the king's ear with that throughout uh, different points in the chapter. And the king ended up giving him, allowed Haman to make a decree over the kingdom where it said that there is a certain, Haman said to the king that there's a, there is certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people's in all the provinces of your kingdom, their laws are different from those of every other people, and they do not keep the king's laws. So that is not to the king's profit to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let it be t- decreed that they be 
that they be destroyed. And so that's what he said to the king. And they oh. later, they, they made that a decree. So it, it was, wow, This it's almost uh, similar. It sounds similar to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Is, that, is it a similar scenario? They don't want to follow I, your laws? Mm-hmm. And they don't, basically, they don't respect you. Mm-hmm. So Haman, uh, Haman had this administrative position, um, and uh, it's it's, it, and you're right. It doesn't really say the position he had. It just says that you know he was basically the king's ear. Uh, people would bow to him when they saw him. He had a lot of power. And Mordecai oh. never bowed to him, so that also plays part into it. Okay, so so here we. This is yeah. This is very much like uh, like. Um, even like Daniel and Lion's Den, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, where there are commandments by God. You like, you know, you will not worship other gods and, and, and things like that. And I could be overthinking of this, but maybe this has to do with the fact that, you know, he's a God king. He, that's not my God. You know, that's, you know, my God is Hashem, the one above. And so um, obviously they had issues and, uh, and, and Mordecai did not bow to um to Haman, right? Yes. Okay, and then and so that just caused Haman to just he was he was very angry obviously and and decided to uh, basically plot against um Mordecai oh, therefore at that time. Mhm. Mm Mordecai. And he yeah. didn't and it's and it's also um good to remember in the story that uh he didn't know Esther was a Jew either. So that played a part into that at that time. Oh, okay. So he, so Haman didn't know Mordecai and Esther were Jews. He, uh, Haman didn't know. I think he did know that Mordecai was a Jew, but I didn't, I don't think he knew the relation that Mordecai had with Esther because Mordecai okay. asked her to disguise herself um, in the beginning when she first got into the palace and when the king picked her to be the queen. And so I, I think that's the backstory of that. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and so, all right. So, so then, so then, uh, Esther, um, so he's, so this, I'm sorry, I'm saying Esther. Um, so now you've got this bad guy, Haman. He's, he's basically saying bad things about, um, Mordecai. Um, and, and the people, right? The Jews themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and basically it was that, uh, the Jew, the Jews are not following your laws is really what it came down to that they're, they're stubborn. They won't follow your laws. They, this, the, that, like, kind of like, I don't know. We hear stuff like, that. <laughs> I think we still hear stuff like that nowadays. Um, so he influenced the King and that's how he got that all into the King's head. And then that's when the King gave Haman the money to, and to the people to do with that to do with it to do with them as it seems to do to seems good to do to you and so pretty much sorry i was getting that from the word he was the king gave haman and the um, other and the other men from his court to, the power to do that to the jewish community and to sweep through them and sweep through the communities and murder them so that was kind of his the go that he gave to haman Oh, I see. Okay, and and so what? So, wh where where does the sum of the money come in? Like, what what 
like in um like in verse or in chapter four, Mordecai told him uh Mordecai told him all that happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. So was he was gonna pay Haman to do this? Is that is that what that was? Yes, the king ended up paying Haman at the time to do that. Oh wow. Okay. But then Esther steps in later on in this. Well, Mordecai and Esther step in later on in the story. Okay, so the, yeah, so so Haman Haman obviously is out to. He's he's now um, able to. He's been given um, not not only permission but money to go and destroy the Jews. Mm-hmm. And and Esther is the queen or one of the queens. The queen, yes. And um, so she was the queen. Um, yes. So what, so what, what happened from there? So there's obviously there's stress. There's, you know, stress that we're going to be annihilated as Jews. Um, and Esther is just kind of sitting at the top, right? Well, Mordecai, he was the first to find out about okay. that tree that was set in place. And he requested to talk to, he requested Esther to go talk to the king. But the rule well, the law at the palace at that time was that if any man or woman goes to the king without being called, they are to be put to death, except the one whom the king holds a gold scepter so that he may live. And at the time, it was believed that he held the gold scepter for Esther. Oh, okay. Okay. So so then what, what happens from there? Well, um it took Esther to, to rise with courage to eventually go talk to the king. And what really stood out in that chapter, when Mordecai was encouraging Esther to go talk to the king, uh-huh. he said, for if you stay silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the, for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will per- perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And then Esther told Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three nights. Then I will go to the king, though it was against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So she, that was her moment. Yes. She, That's when she rose up. Yeah, she, she made a key decision and she knew that it was basically in God's hands at that Yes. And um, I guess this is a little bit of a leading question. <laughs> um, so why did she command for them to fast? I believe throughout history and even with churches till this very day, mm-hmm. when you are wanting to shake up something in this world and have a breakthrough, fasting plays a big, big yeah. part, plays a big part into that. And you, even right now with my church, I'm they're doing a fast and I've been doing it and it lasts for about 21 days. It shows your obedience to the Lord and it allows you to be led by him and be awoken to different things that are going on. So that's why I believe that she told Mordecai to have him and the Jews fast for three days and nights. You know, and, and fasting is very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculously it powerful. Um, and this is kind of a side note, but uh, I, I think it's 
a couple verses from the book of Matthew, but some of the translations omit the fasting verse. Have you heard about that before? I don't like, think I've heard too much about it. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's strange. Um, our our pastor at our church reminded us of this a couple of weeks ago that it's like the newer newer international version and a couple other versions. They literally omit. I think it's the book of Matthew. Um, there's a couple verses that they just completely omit, and it's and it says with prayer and fasting. It's almost like as though these people didn't they want throughout the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it, very fasting. Yeah, and, and you can so do it I, in different ways, not mm-hmm. just with food. You could do it with technology these days, um, oh, media, uh, just different habits, and etc. Oh, that's true. You can cut yourself off of all of the distractions mm-hmm. and, and really and, focus on the Lord and his word and allowing him, like I mentioned, to lead you and guide you through different seasons. Yeah. So that's what uh, Esther was uh, asking the, the the Jewish people to do. Have this fast. Yeah. Boy, can you imagine if we all just fasted and prayed mm-hmm. for our country? <laughs> you know what, what the end result would be. People are doing it around the country. <laughs> that that is true. We were talking about before before we got started. We were talking about how there's a revival going on. People are starting to come to know the Lord again. It's, yes, and especially as we were saying through the universities with Auburn and two hundred and something students, they were baptized in the in the local lake right by the university after hearing the sermon, and with Asbury. Asbury and um, just throughout history with the Jesus Revolution revival, the Lord, I believe, is really doing a spiritual awake- awakening on this country and people are waking up to everything that's going on. I do. I believe so. And I told you this before we start, started the, the call, the start of the record. I, I said, you know, I was a very frustrated guy uh, before before 2024. I'm not a New Year's resolution guy, but for some reason, 2024. I felt so comfortable stepping into it. I felt good because I was seeing all kinds of articles about celebrities, uh, uh, sports figures, uh, just various people are coming to know the Lord. Uh, they're declaring it. And it, to me, then I realized at that point, it's like, okay, I would much rather see people come to know the Lord than to see something happen in politics that would, uh, I don't know, that, that would guarantee me, uh, like, you know, a little bit more freedom because, you know, the, I don't know, you get some guy in there and he does something and you get more free. That's nice, but somebody can come along and take that away. But if the country was united under, under Christ, um, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be worrying about that at all. We, would, we wouldn't be worrying one bit about politics. Politics would just be whatever. Mm-hmm. We're so divided at the moment. Yeah. Especially media playing a big part into that. And I really don't believe that it is parties. Uh, it's not yeah. party party anymore. And it really shouldn't be. It's really good versus evil. And it's, it's a huge spiritual battle that's going on in this nation right now. And a lot of people sadly don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Now. So do you think the Jews knew, um, that Haman was coming for them I when do. she, when she sent the order to, to fast and pray. 
I do believe because I, the king mentioned to Haman and gave him permission. Yeah. With money to send that decree out to the communities in Susa at that time, especially the Jewish community. And that's how Mordecai found out and informed Esther about it. Okay. So they knew. So once again, your back is against the wall. You have no choice. You, it's God or it's God or death at that point. And that's exactly. what, that's kind of what brought the Jews to do their part and fast, just mm -hmm. like they did in Egypt before, you know, the Eve of Egypt, they had Passover. Um, they were commanded and they followed those commandments and then they were rewarded for following those commandments. So what, so what happened? They fasted. Uh, uh, what did Esther do at that point? Or did Mordecai, did Mordecai do anything? She actually, after the king, when she went to the king, when she told Mordecai that she would go, that she would go to the king and if she perished, she perished. She did go to the king and he held out the golden scepter that I mentioned okay. to you. In yes. The past. And he and he actually listened to her and she prepared a feast for Haman and the king. And at that feast, she said, if I have, if I will, before the following to following up to the feast sorry if i'm jumping a little too no, ahead no, i'm looking at my notes yeah uh, well after let me go back so once the king held out that golden scepter out to esther uh -huh. the um asked esther for her wish and he promised to grant it to grant grant it to her and then Esther said, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my wish and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman to the, go to the, the feast I prepared. Okay, so the scepter, uh, was the scepter a gift? I believe so. I think that's a, uh, that's a um, right that he gave only to a few yeah. people, and Esther being the queen. Okay. So the the scepter, handing her that, it, it it was elevating her position as queen. It was giving her, um. He was he was uh he was basically acknowledging maybe acknowledging her by passing that scepter to her. Yes. And then, yeah. Well, and, and he says, uh, "Wilt what wilt thou, Queen Esther? What is thy request?" So he, so she. That's when. That, is that when she feels safe to make her request to the queen to the king? Yes, that kind of gives her a relief in a way, knowing okay. that um, he's accepting her word. Okay. At that time. And um, and then so Esther does deliver. She she actually she she yeah. actually she makes her request. She asked them to go to the feast that she prepared later on for them. Um, uh, Esther, um, she, she asked, she asked, uh, she, wait, she, she asked who, who to go to the feast. Sorry. The King and Haman. Oh, she asked him to go to the feast. Okay. 
So that was her request when she first went to the king after Mordecai told her about the new decree that Haman was sending out into the communities in Susa. And that's when she told told Mordecai to fast with the other Jews for three days and three okay. nights. And then that's when she went to the king and he hold, he held out the golden scepter. And that's the that's the first request that she made for them both to go to the feast that she prepared. Oh, I see. Okay, so she prepares the feast. She she has the feast prepared and then um and invites the king. Yes. And Haman. So that's mm -hmm. that is going to expose Haman. Mhm. Mm wow. That's very uh, that's very crafty. It is. She had a lot of courage. <laughs> and that yeah. took a lot of strength. If the king would have had one suspicion at that point, it would have been the end of Esther's life. It would have been. And especially uh, with Haman and the king in the palace at that time. Right. And then um and then Mordecai would have met his demise too. He would he would have met he he would have lost his life as well. Mm-hmm. Because that, that would have been shown. What I mean, it like if you just look at this from like you know, just standing back and looking at it, you you kind of look at it and go, they 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 were kind of crazy to do what they did. Like yeah, like I was saying, that took a lot of courage and strength yeah. at that time, and it really showed you that the Lord had her at that palace for a reason and for a time as this. Okay, so let's oh, even oh, though I was so nervous to be captured at that time and didn't know what was gonna and was so uncertain with what was gonna happen at the palace the Lord had in store that in store throughout that whole entire time for her to be chosen as queen and to really make an impact on the palace and the Jews at and the at the for the Jews at that time. Yes. And so so okay so they invite they invite him to the feast. What what happens from there? Well, towards the end of the feast, Esther, the king requests Esther to tell him her wish and why the per and the purpose that she had prepared the feast for. And she said, Let my life be granted me for my wish and my people for my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and not and annihilated if we had been sold merely as slaves men and women i would have been silent for our affliction is not to be compared with the loss to the king wow so she at that point she is out on a limb yes even with haman in the room <laughs> not knowing that she was a jew throughout this whole entire time so do you think I mentioned it before, and God's done this in other situations. Do you think in some ways he put a veil over Xerxes' eyes? Do you, do you I believe so, in that he wanted it to lead all the way up to this feast yeah. where it was exposed on his timing, because everything is in the Lord's timing. Yeah, this whole thing is timing. It's, it's, it's actually stressful. Mm-hmm. Is it, and he, is, when he knew when Haman was making that decree and he knew when Mordecai and the other Jews were fasting. So he did it all in his perfect timing. Yeah. I mean, don't you think the king would have looked like 
don't don't you think the king would have looked at this of what the Jews were doing, fasting, um, you know, uh, this feast? Um, it, it's almost like the king should have seen it. He, he should have known what was going on. Mm -hmm. Maybe he was just madly in love with her, and 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 maybe that was his veil, right? His love for Esther. It could have been. Yeah, it, we we could speculate all we want, but Esther showed an amazing. Uh, an amazing amount of courage doing what she did she did and, okay so so we've got so do they do they make it to the feast does the king go he does and that's when esther made her request oh okay to you yes okay so that's when she makes it she makes it during the feast yes okay and at that point somewhere somehow haman gets exposed and then after Esther made that request to the king, uh -huh. the king said, who is he? Where is he? And who has dared to do this? Aha. Uh -huh. And then Esther said, a foe and an enemy, this wicked Haman. So she point blank name dropped him. Yes. Mm. And that's when it was all exposed to the king. Now, once again, he, he could have, I mean, he... You know, you had this original queen. Um, I'm, I'm, her name is uh, uh, Vashti. Vashti. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She didn't do what he wanted. She didn't want to partake, partake in his feast, and and he ousted her very quickly. Mm -hmm. But in but in this case, I think what she asked was very. Um, I don't know. You could call it indignant. She, she, it, it was, it was, a, I mean, she name dropped uh, Haman. That's his right hand man. Um, he's obviously doing uh, some kind of military operation for him. Um, Risking her position in the palace at that time and Mordecai and the other Jews. Yeah. Because if King didn't believe her, like you were mentioning in the, before, he could have um, removed her from the palace and, he would have he would have found out the truth about Mordecai and the Jewish communities, and it would have gone a whole other way. Yep. And he would have had his power and his say at the end of the day. Okay. And okay. So then, so I, I've got more questions, but we'll get through the story and then we'll come back. Um. So so this at this point she name drops Haman. What what happens after she says his name? What what does the king do? He actually had his court, um, he made a decree to his court to have Haman hung. Okay. Because at uh, in the past couple of chapters before that happened, their feast, after Mordecai wouldn't bow down to Haman, mm -hmm. uh, Haman actually wanted to hang Mordecai. So they actually hung Haman where he wanted originally hang where he originally wanted to um, hang Mordecai, if that makes sense. So that's how they yes. did it. So they ended up um, killing Haman. So because he, of the statement that Esther made. Um, so, and so he, he, so he was basically um, hung in his own, on his own execution. Yes. And it says that he was actually executed right in front of his house. Oh, Wow, what a what a uh, what a turnaround! 
That's oh, uh, that's a uh, um. Okay, so so Heyman's done. Yeah, he's, he's executed. Um, and then and then after Heyman is executed, uh, what what happens with uh, Mordecai? What happens with um, with Esther and and so on, and the Jewish people ultimately? Well, the king is introduced to Mordecai from Esther after that happened, and he learned about Mordecai's history and all that went on with him and the Jewish community when Haman wanted to first put out that decree against the Jews to murder them yeah, and to destroy all their property. And he actually, um, I mentioned this earlier, but the king gave his signet, signet ring to Haman. But instead, after, of course, they executed Haman, he gave Mordecai Haman's power in the king's court and oh. the palace. So he okay. transferred that power over to him and allowed him to have that make those decisions in the palace that Haman was making at the time. Okay. Wow. Now, okay, so now Mordecai is is at the at the uh, I guess you could say at the mercy of the king, right? He's Yes, and he has a position there. And the Jewish people at this point have been uh, freed. Uh, they were about mm-hmm. to they're about to be annihilated or or you know, sought after or whatever. Um and so the Jews um so the the so so what what did the Jews do from there? They actually made it was funny enough because after Haman made that original decree with the king Mm-hmm. The new decree with Mordecai regarding the Jews, and it says that a law slash letter was set in place to allow Jews to gather and defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and annihilate any armed force of any people or providence, attack them, children, woman, and in- children and women included, and to plunder their goods on the first day throughout all the provinces of the king on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, Uh which was out to each province. Okay. That was funny how they turned that around. Did you see that, that the original decree that they, that Haman wanted to send out to Susa was that he was going to be able to um, destroy and kill and annihilate um, all the Jews at that time, but they yes. turned it around now that the Jews are able to defend themselves against any armed force. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And and it really comes down to the courage of 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 Esther. Mm-hmm. Had, had Esther just said, "Look, I mean, let's just, I mean, let's just be upfront. You're, you're queen. You're wearing nice clothes. You're you're living in air conditioning. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm kidding mm-hmm. a little bit there, but you're you're living a very luxurious life at that point all you have to do is behave yourself <laughs> you, you know that that's it but she decided to what's that she could have stayed quiet yeah and and the lord at that time yes yeah, she could she could have stayed quiet lived a good life you know ate great food uh you know wore wore lots of cool jewelry i don't know that everybody would have mm-hmm. probably bowed as she walked through a room who knows you know i don't the the customs of that time but instead she chose to approach the king 
uh, ask him the necessary, uh, make the necessary request and then turn around and yeah. go as far as to name drop. I mean, I, <laughs> I've, I've worked in, um, you know, industries for, for years, you know, different military. And, you know, when you name drop somebody that, that, that could, that could backfire on you hard. Like just mm-hmm. going out and naming a person is, is even in the political field. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's dangerous. Carrie Lake and <laughs> Jeff do <Dewitt. laughs> Yeah, exactly. That, that's it. Look how dangerous that is. Um, and, and we don't even know what the outcome of that is going to be because, you know, um, this is, is my opinion. That's just begun. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find out in the next few weeks, uh, what happens, uh, regarding Carrie. And we know that we know that we had a resignation already, but, um yeah so so i mean um so you told me a long time ago uh when we were first kind of like doing stuff working working on some of these things like turning point usa and you would you had told me that um esther like was an inspiration to you and she so is. has she throughout this time but everything that I mentioned that that's been happening in Israel, the story of Esther has really stood out to me and to build the courage from the Lord to speak up at this time Mm -hmm. and to defend Israel. And I truly believe that we are all here in this generation for a time as this. And when the Lord was creating us in our mother's wombs, he knew what generation he was going to place us in. That's powerful. That's a power. That's a powerful state statement. It's a powerful thought. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so calling on the story of Esther for a couple of months now. Yeah, and you know, um, when you told me, uh, you know, back when, when when you told me, you know, you you were inspired by Esther, I thought, you know, I, I can see that inspiration. I, I can see that. Um. Oh. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I read the book of Esther, gosh, I don't know, a couple decades ago, maybe. <laughs> um, and then, and then, of course, I revisited it uh, this uh, this weekend. Um, but, you know, the King James Bible, um, that's the one I read. You know, it's, it's hard to comprehend in a lot of ways. Um, it's in some cases, it's very brief. Mm-hmm. So you have to do a lot of um, visual, you have to. You know, it's it's hard to tell a story out of the King James Bible correctly, um, or in a way that, um, I mean, of course, it all makes sense, but it's it's written in a way that's hard to it's 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 hard to retell it. It's hard to visualize it, um, and there's just been these uh, like this movie that you uh, mentioned um, before. It's called uh, the One um, Night with the King. One, yeah, One Night with the King. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, and then there's the story of Esther. I forget which director did it, but it was like a maybe a fifties, nineteen fifties. I don't know if you've seen that one. I don't think I have. It's 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 more of a, um, it's it's old style. Uh, it's it's the old style acting, right? You've got the more theatrical performance where they look like you know they're filming the movie, but they're behaving like they're on state on the stage doing their mm-hmm. thing. Really, it's a amazing movie. It's, it's just amazing, but uh, you know the fact that these people went wrote these scripts, you know, to to make these movies is just fascinating to me to tell these stories so well. Um, and uh, and and you're you're able to to tell that story as well. Um, now, it do do you have do you know of a good example that can be used today? Um, maybe recently, somebody that 
had the courage like Esther? Anybody come to mind that you can think of that's that has a very similar behavior to Esther stood her ground somewhere? I would say it's amazing to see. I've seen a lot of influencers, especially on social media, that you didn't know supported the Jewish community. They're stepping oh. up and talking about everything that's going on. Right. And they're really trying to put that out there, especially to the yeah, the youth that's going the youth that's going against um Israel at this time. And then I would also say it's amazing to see um, the different students around the nation standing up. And um, I was at, I actually went to Arizona State University with Zach a couple months ago. And we they have a huge J Jewish community there. And we went there for a vigil that they were having for all the lives that were lost in Israel. And we all sang Hebrew, Hebrew songs. We did Hebrew oh, wow. prayers. They were holding up red balloons. We they were they were singing songs. We were going uh, it, like Guy was mentioning, and we were walking across the bridge. And there was cars that were passing by with Israel flags yeah. hanging out of them. Um, and it's amazing to see those students also standing up for everything that's going on, especially yeah. in Israel right now. And so I, I would say it's amazing to see all the people that are standing up. And okay. I really believe that the Lord is placing different Esthers and Davids into this generation, yeah. if that makes sense. It, it does. Uh, the whole thing right now that's going on in Israel, you know, as we know, October 7th uh, is the most recent um, thing that's happened where Israel's had to defend itself. And of course, you have this opposition force uh, that, you know, is just saying terrible things. Um, Israel is always, like, it... it it's interesting because at the end of, uh, and, and it was very important that you actually uh, mentioned this, is at the end there was a decree that the Jews are allowed to defend themselves. Um, and this wasn't even in, um, in Israel. This was throughout the kingdom of Persia at the time. So these weren't Jews living in Jerusalem. These were Jews living in communities where they were obviously being harassed or, and they had to defend themselves and they were given that right. And fast forward to today, and um, here we are again, and it's it's looking like Jews are having to assert their right to defend themselves. So it's kind of a mm -hmm. parallel. It's it's like a parallel to 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 what to what is uh, to what happened um, during this time with Haman, King Xerxes. The Jewish communities. I was thinking about this today and throughout all that's been happening in these past couple of months. They've really been attacked. In right. many spots throughout history, and especially the Holocaust, but they they continue to stay strong and prevail, and they always they always get through it. And I believe that even though all all of what has happened in Israel, I believe that they're going to come out stronger. Yep, they will. They will, especially if they if they hold their trust in God. Um, I think, mm -hmm. I guess my, my biggest fear is it's not really a fear. Um, you know, the, 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 Jew, the Israeli government, um, well, they're a lot like our government, right? <laughs> I, I feel like the, I feel like the Jews are dealing with a very similar deal to us, right? They've got these very heavy handed forceful governments that aren't very nice to the people. 
And you've got these wonderful communities in Israel. I mean, just these, um, like, you know, our, our friend, like Ari, for example, you know, he talked about how he went to visit Israel and, Mm-hmm. And and he talked about his you know his details of living, or not not living but visiting quite a bit I guess when he was younger. Um, some of the experiences that they talked about uh, in Israel, it's different. It's like a different world. It's it's similar to what we go through. We're living here, you know. You're living in your residence, you know, and you're doing your thing, um, making your living or whatever, you know, going to school. And then we've got this heavy-handed government on top of us, and we're dealing with that. I feel like Israel is facing that same challenge. They're they're running into the same problems. And mm-hmm. I so it's agree. Gonna, it's going to take a lot of trust in God. Um, and a you're lot right. of uh, exposement. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why I said okay. exposed. Uh, <laughs> it's a new word. We got it. All over the place. Uh, but I... I was trying to say that the how the Lord exposes everything in his timing as he's exposing stuff in our nation and our government. He's also going to expose stuff in the Israel government. Yep. It's going to happen. Uh, I think we're, I, I can only imagine that during the time of Esther, when she made her decision to do what she did, I can only imagine that the Jews uh, on the ground as I like to, I, I like to say on the ground, like you and I are on the ground. Um, we feel the heat, be, you know, coming down on us from uh, God knows what, you know, just tons of different forms of leadership. And we don't have any control of that. There's nothing we could do. And we were both talking about how, uh, before we even hit the record button, we were both talking about how, uh, you know, it's it's been our faith and prayer that's really made us both uh, uh, optimistic about the future. I am absolutely optimistic. I've never felt so optimistic actually since this whole thing started. Like if you were to, if you were to take in the, so the day my optimism hit the floor <laughs> was, mm-hmm. was the day they declared a pandemic. That was when I knew it was going to get very rough for everyone. It was going to be a rough time. And I didn't, I really believed we weren't going to walk through it. I, I really believed that we were going to lose everything over uh, what Ann Coulter called an expensive flu. <laughs> um, but it, but things, are, things are coming to light now. And, and I'm going, you know what? Maybe, maybe people are starting to have more faith. More people are coming to God. And maybe this will motivate people to come to God. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we feel a lot like the Jews during the, Haman, during, during the time of, of Mordecai and Haman and um, mm-hmm. Esther. I agree. I feel like, and I've mentioned this in the past to a couple of people, I believe that even with the Biden administration coming into office, I believe that was all in God's timing and everything has a reason. Yeah. And he's used the Biden administration to expose everything that's going on within our borders, within our schools, the attack on the unborn that's been going on for so many years. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Et cetera. So I truly believe that everything is happening for a reason and it's all in God's divine timing. And I I have hope for our country. Faith is the only thing that gets me through each and every day. And I, think- I believe that God's God wins at the end. The victory is his. Yeah. And like I mentioned, we're all here for a time as this and he's rising up Esther's and David's. Yeah. And, you know, I told you this, I think the last time you were on, that you know, Nicole, you give me hope. 
Oh, thank you. People like you give me hope because um, it, it, yeah, it, it, I think it's designed uh, to make us feel lonely. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not like a person that, Oh, I feel lonely right now. I'm not one of those, you know, I actually like it when I'm left alone. Um, mm, but you, I you, do too. <laughs> yeah, but, but you feel exposed, right? Uh, I mm -hmm. felt, I felt very exposed during, um, the pandemic. I felt like I really felt like it was, and I, I am nine tenths positive that Jews during the time of, um, of, uh, Esther were, were probably feeling. I mean, can you imagine? Well, you know, an order comes out, right? The order comes out and says we're going to annihilate you, and mm -hmm. I feel I feel like that those things have happened a little bit. Um, like, for example, when they said they were going to sick OSHA on us. Um, I mean, I, I still don't like the Supreme Court's ultimate decision on that, but that was a moment where I was going, "Oh, this is it! I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not getting that shot. <laughs> I'm I, I'm not getting it." Um, <laughs> And, and if you want to look at it from a, a Jewish perspective, that thing's unkosher. I'm not touching it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's um, all but, the deaths that have followed it. Yeah. And they just keep pushing out those boosters. And I saw this thing that came out today about them wanting pregnant women to have four boosters and babies and et cetera. It's, it's deep. And they just continue with it. Right. They don't, they don't Americans. They just care about their agenda at the end of the day. No, they do. And, and that's why we, we actually, that's why it's so important for us to have trust in God. Mm -hmm. So important. Um, and, uh, off, off, you know, you can tell like Esther, um, she obviously had trust in God. You know, she read the Bible to the king who was uh, most likely, I I'd never researched uh, uh, King Xerxes belief system, but I can guarantee you it was not Torah based. <laughs> I can guarantee mm -hmm. you. It was likely to be very pagan. I'm I'm sure with believing that these people were god kings and all this. Um, obviously, he was paganistic, and to uh, read the anti-paganistic Torah to to the king is another act of courage, right? She mm -hmm. she could she could have just read him a fancy poem. She could have taken I don't know. She could have taken one of the works of that time and read it. Mm -hmm. But she led by God. Yeah, absolutely. It it took it took undedicated faith and trust in God, and she did it all the way through. And it, it's funny because go back in time a little bit. Uh, I was told I had told you, you know, it had been so many years since I'd read the Book of Esther and um, and even seen this movie that I keep mentioning that I don't know that I think it's just called Esther. Um, hmm. But this, uh, you know, that over the years as the decades go by, you go, oh yeah, Esther, yeah, yeah, she's a good woman. <laughs> you know you know had she had you know she had the king's ear yeah she mm -hmm. did a good thing but when you really sit down and you look at the story behind it you, you go wow that that is an amazing she's an amazing hero in the bible and a hero around the world um and inspires so many people to this day yeah um and i, I i'm gonna definitely try to watch this movie as soon as as soon as we can it's um is that is that just like a hollywood film this this uh this movie is it like a just a mainstream hollywood production or is it um um i'm not completely sure yeah i'm not sure if it was a christian film production yeah company i i'd have to look into that yeah i was just curious you know i could i could um so yeah um i don't know i, I really appreciate you giving me this uh rundown on the story of esther 
it's it's beautiful. Of course. Thank you for having me come on today. Yeah, um we we have to do it again. With me also. It's always good to you learn a lot too, especially going out going over the chapter. Um again like I did these past this past week and you truly get a better understanding and you get to um and it really relates to like I was saying with what's going on in our nation right now and what's going on in Israel. Yeah, and I I think I think uh, a lot of what's going on is going to bring um, bring us uh, bring us closer to God. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to uh, some somebody recently like oh you know <laughs> I thought it was funny like it was all over the news for a while like Hulk Hogan the wrestler did you see that Hulk Hogan the wrestler uh, was baptized recently. Oh, I don't think I did see that. I I don't know if you remember him. I he's he's he's. A, He's a couple generations. He's that. He's he's just an old school like eighties wrestler, right? <laughs> he's, um, but yeah, he like he got um he got baptized. Uh, he I I don't know if it was like Joe Rogan or one of those podcasts he went on and he explained it. I think I think it was Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan kind of was making fun oh, of him a little bit. Bad to think of it now. Yeah. Yeah, and he he's not. Church on Sunday. Aren't you afraid to tell people what church? No, I'm. I go to this church. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, wow. I won't. I won't say on the podcast what church I go to. <laughs> but he he was just like, you know, I I admire that, and I'm seeing a lot of that. We're seeing like people coming to know God every day. Mm-hmm. So um, so I I I didn't discuss this with you, but it um. Maybe I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, and I, I apologize if I am. But like, uh, I really enjoyed th- this this uh, little thing that we're doing. Um, so, if you ever want to uh, talk about another um, a story from the Bible or something that you've been studying, I would love to have you come on and talk about it. Oh, thank you. I'd love to. I always love joining the bod, bo- uh, podcasts and yeah. being there to discuss different things that are going on and. We could even discuss other pl- political matters that are going on. If you're interested in discussing the whole pro-life movement and getting oh, into that, could also cover those different I, topics. I would absolutely love to. I've mm-hmm. I, on the podcast alone, I've covered it a little bit here and there. I've read some uh, some websites, some information, like especially when the Supreme Court, you know, uh, rolled back Roe versus Wade, give it, you know, put it back to the states. I, I talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you've, that is one of the things that I see that you do. Uh, you are very um, always putting messaging out um, on abortion and oh yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to do an exploration on that. Um, that would be I, great. I've because always opposed it, you know. <laughs> what, what's that? Oh, sorry. I was saying we could talk about the March for Life also that just happened. Oh, yeah. That would that would be great to hear about. Um, yeah, we could do that. Um, and then uh, you know. Oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask you too. Um, so, are you studying any anything in particular in the Bible right now? Is there anything that you're studying at the moment? That, I'm actually um, one of my uh, goals this year is to get better with my Bible reading mm-hmm. and just overall my relationship with the Lord to improve it each and every day. And with this fast that I'm doing with my church at the moment, the twenty one twenty one days of fasting, I'm reading the Book of John. Oh, okay. And- through that pretty much every morning just getting started on different chapters yeah and that's really been 
it's really been helpful. And I actually saw this video a couple weeks ago giving you giving a good guide um, if you want to get uh, if you want to improve your Bible reading. And so that so that's how I started out with the Book of John. And I was going to go through a few other yeah. chapters. And I also like doing devotions too. Okay. I have um, a few by Dutch Sheets. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's really yeah. good. And then there, I also have this dog one that's funny. <laughs> my um, aunt actually got it for me because she knows I adore, I adore, I adore my dog. So I have a dog one that I'll read occasionally. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a like themed around a dog or something. It is, yeah. It's a devotion it themed has, around a dog. It has different stories with humans and their dogs. It's, it's kind of corny, but it's sweet. Oh, it's it. fun. Uh, kind of relaxes your mind while you're reading the word. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I, I know. That? And it gives oh. you like joyful perspective also. Yes. Yeah, I am definitely um, going soft in my older age. <laughs> um, you know, I don't I don't mind lighthearted uh, books, fun books. I used to, you know, read Die Hard. You know, I, I got to read like mm -hmm. this you know, serious stuff. And nowadays I'll grab like a, what they call cozy mysteries. Have you ever heard of those? I have. I, I get like I, I get them like on Kindle for free, and I'll I'll read those uh, just just uh, just to kind of like lighten things up. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I keep I, I'm I'm studying the Book of Acts right now. I've I've just really been digging very deep into that book. It's hmm. um, I find uh, Paul to be fascinating. I, I, he I is. Find, yeah, I find him to be a fascinating person. Um, you know, just doing research on the internet. There's like Paul haters out there. I didn't know that. <laughs> did, you, did you know there's Paul haters? <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess there's a hater, right? There's always a hater, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I find uh, Paul to be fascinating, and, and so the the Book of Acts has just been. I, I was supposed to only read it in a couple of weeks. I've been reading it for a few months now. <laughs> so I just That's keep like digging deeper into it. That's truly how you take it all in. Yeah. So it's. So yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to have you come back on um, and and talk about some of the issues that are going on and um and uh, more 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 spiritual stuff and and definitely um, yes, if you ever want to go over the subject of abortion, that's a uh, I used to listen to a guy years ago by the name of Neil Bortz, right? And mm -hmm. he had one rule on his show. He was a freedom guy. He had one rule: we don't we don't say the a word. That's what he used to say. We don't oh. say the A word on this show. He would not talk about abortion <laughs> at all. We're not talking about it. But um, I, I think I'm the opposite of that. I I am not afraid to talk about it. I, I think it's I think it's a uh, I think what's going on with abortion in the United States of America has got to be such a curse of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, there's like so many there's just so many things that happen when it comes to that subject. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to to talk to you about and that. It legal here in Arizona to have abortions up to nine months. Did you see that? I did. So they're afraid. Yeah, they're afraid people are going to be out in parking lots, and mm -hmm. you know, you're you're kind of across the parking lot. You know, you want to go, and some guy walks up to you with the uh, with a paint, with a uh, clipboard and says, "Hey, can you sign this? We're just trying to get abortion on the ballot." And you're thinking, "Oh, well, you mm -hmm. know, I think people got a right to choose." And it's like you're talking about whole. I mean. First of all, I believe you. I don't. 
I don't even, you know, you. And this is turning into a big abortion conversation, which I don't want to do. We'll save that later. <laughs> yeah, but like, like, think about it. Just sitting around and saying, "Well, I think it, you know, it all begins here." It's like that's not my call. Like, my call is not to say when it begins. That's mm-hmm. God. That's God. Mm-hmm. He created us in our mother's wombs. Yeah, and I don't have the authority to state what I when I think it begins. I, I don't have that authority. Mm. Um, and so when the it comes Lord, to, creator of all life. <laughs> exactly, and I'm not even going to step into that in, into mm-hmm. the way of that. Because that that'll be a very fun uh, conversation, uh, fun would... but serious conversation too. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having me on tonight. Yeah, thank you, Nicole. Talking to you, and I hope to see you and Cindy soon, and your parents, and catch up. Yeah, definitely. We got to do it very soon. Let me know about any other, uh, events that are going on. I will, and uh, you the same. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much. I hope you okay. have a great rest of your week. Yeah, you too, Nicole. God bless you. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>